Join GT The Brick weekdays from noon to 2 p.m. from the most interactive talk show in sports talk radio. We are R&R 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. And that means, obviously, that free agency is pretty much upon us. Uh, Just in the blink of an eye, here we are, a couple more weeks until everybody kind of makes their decisions on who to keep, who to move on from, who to franchise tag, um, who to let hit the market, who to negotiate with to try to keep uh, on the team, who to renegotiate with, who to cut, who to release, and uh, most importantly, who to bring in to help their team wins. And that's the month that we're in, March. I can't believe it. Heck, the draft is next month uh, in, in April. Uh, and then very soon after, hopefully, keeping our fingers crossed, there'll be mini camps and OTAs and rookie mini camps and rookie symposiums and um, uh, you know uh, uh, more OTAs getting on the field, uh, actually doing football stuff in the spring and getting ready for the, f- for the season uh, coming up in, uh, in, in August. So uh, it happens really quickly in the NFL. I've learned that now covering the NFL uh, since 2015, 2016, really on a day-to-day basis. It's just nonstop, and here we are uh, in March. A little bit of news today, uh, obviously, one big target Defensive end uh, J.J. Watt, uh, the former great for the Houston Texans, uh, is now, hold on, wait for it, an Arizona Cardinal? (laughs) Wait, what? Uh, I thought he was for sure, for sure, either going to go to the Green Bay Packers, the Cleveland Browns, the Buffalo Bills, or maybe to join his brother in Pittsburgh with the Pittsburgh Steelers, although uh, that would have taken some crafty... um, salary cap maneuvering by the by the Steelers to make that happen. Uh, but it isn't any of those teams, as it turns out. J.J. Watt uh, is going to go to the desert and play for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the Cardinals are on their way offensively uh, with Kyler Murray and uh, everything that they've got going for them, um, you know, offensively for the Cardinals. Defensively, it's been a challenge for them, but they're slowly but surely – uh, trying to put the pieces uh, together uh, to build a, a defense that can support that offense. And J.J. Watt's going to be a bigger, a big part of that. Uh, I think I read $23 million guaranteed over the next two seasons. Um, it's a lot of money. And uh, with the Raiders in on it, the Raiders are always going to kick their tires, kick the tires on, on any defensive player, or any player for that matter, uh, regardless of position that becomes available. Uh, you do your due diligence, you take a look at the film, uh, you line up the film with what you got, you line up the film with how much money you're willing to spend on a player. For the very, very, very early stages uh, of J.J. Watt, the sense I got uh, from the Raiders was that the tape um, wasn't too kind to J.J. Watt uh, uh, last year. Uh, it just didn't line up um, in terms of, especially when it comes to what kind of money he was looking for. And we see that he got $23 million guaranteed. That was, I didn't feel like the Raiders were going to get anywhere near that, not because they don't have the money, not because they don't have the means, but because uh, 
Um, I think they looked at the age, the declining production uh, of J.J. Of Watt and what it was going to cost to get him and just felt like, you know what, money that is better spent elsewhere, whether you're spreading it around uh, to various positions, whether you're giving it probably to a much younger player uh, that's you know in, still in his prime, um, or, or, or like I said, um, smoothing it out so that maybe you could get two players uh, for that price to fill two important positions. Um, and so never really got the sense that J.J. Watt uh, was a big part of what the Raiders were just, you know, a real a, a serious target um, for the Raiders. That doesn't mean that they're not going to spend money this offseason. Um, they're going to – they will. Um, you know, obviously a lot of it is dependent on how much how, uh, uh, much below they could get on the salary cap – don't have the final numbers yet. We do know that the the floor um, you have to be able to, you have to spend at least one hundred and eighty million dollars. That's um, that's that's the floor for the for the salary cap. What the ceiling is, um, I hear anywhere between one hundred and eighty five and one hundred and eighty eight million dollars. That'll help a little bit. Uh, that if it's the one hundred and eighty eight, that's uh, ten million less than what it was last year at one hundred ninety eight million dollars. And it would leave, as of right now, with the official release of uh, Terrell Williams, it would leave, if it is $188 million, it would leave the Raiders about $2.93 million or so uh, over the cap. So you do the math. They obviously have to do a lot of work um, to get under that uh, salary cap based on what they're already obligated to uh, next season. But... Um, you know, I keep telling Raider fans, don't freak out. Uh, that doesn't mean that they can't easily uh, get under the uh, salary cap um, because they can. Uh, it just means having to, to move on from some players or restructure contracts. But more than likely, uh, it's going to be um, walking right away from players. And the, the targets in that regard, uh, we've talked about them a lot. Um, you're talking about... Uh, Trent Brown, what do you do with the right tackle? He's due $14 million uh, next year. It's kind of funny. Uh, old Trent is showing, uh, he's, he's showing up on, on social media with a lot of um, you know videos showing him working out and whatnot and putting the work in, which is all great, uh, and it's all dandy. And uh, if he's ready to rock and roll next year, uh, and if he's going to be able to put himself in a position um, with, with a – uh, productive offseason to be in line to play the majority of the games next year, then there's no reason why Trent Brown can't still be part of the Raiders' plans. At $14 million, we'll see about that. Uh, I think the Raiders would be um, interested in, in talking to Trent about a, uh, a pay reduction that maybe gets him some guaranteed money into his pockets, but also uh, lowers his cap hit of $14 million in 2021 to something a little bit more reasonable, which would give them more space uh, to go help other areas of the team, other parts of the team. Is Trent Brown accepting of that? I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a big question because his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. Um you know he's a a very aggressive and very good uh, player agent, and he's going to fight for every penny, every cent uh, for his client. So it wouldn't be an easy road to hoe uh, coming to Trent and to Drew about a about a pay increase. But you know the Raiders, I think, have a compelling argument as well. Number one, dude, you played sixteen of thirty two games the last two years. You got around thirty seven million dollars, maybe a little bit more. I'd have to check on the math. But you got a lot of money to play half the games, including only five last year, of which you started and completed four. Uh, that fifth game, you played eight, eight, eight uh, plays, uh, and you made $21 million last year. Um, that's a lot of money 
for half of a return, number one. Number two, you don't have guaranteed money these next two years. What is on the books is not guaranteed. Um, so we could you know, say goodbye right now and uh, walk away without any penalty to our salary cap. Uh, and hour by hour, I mean the Raiders, and this is a conversation that you presume that the Raiders can have with Trent Brown. Look, you're not gonna, it's not going to hurt us if we walk away from you right now. Uh, yes, it'll leave a hole that we have to fill, but financially, we're not going to be burdened you know, by a big salary cap hit. So that's the conversation, a compelling conversation that the Raiders can have with Trent Brown. And oh, by the way, um, do you really think you're going to be able to get uh, you know, fourteen million dollars on the open market this year, and another was it thirteen, fifteen million dollars uh, on the open market the following year, because that's what he's on the books for in twenty twenty two. So roughly, you know, you're almost looking like uh, looking at another thirty million dollars that he's on the books for right now, but only in um, it's kind of fake money. It's almost like monopoly money right now. It's not real because it's not guaranteed. Um, but what the Raiders can do is guarantee maybe a significant portion of that, maybe half of that, uh, but also bring his cap hit down uh, and in a way that gives him money. He literally has money. He's no longer paying, playing on a pay-per-play basis. Um, if he's confident that if the Raiders you know, said, okay, we're going to have to cut you, is if he's confident that he can get that same amount of money on the open market, then Trent Brown and Drew Rosenhaus will say it was nice knowing you. Um, we're going to take our chances on the open market right now. So there would be no rene- renegotiation. They would rather just have their outright release so that they could go get the money back on the open market. Can that happen, though? I mean, you know, realistically, if you're thinking about it, um, a guy that's played 16 games over the last two seasons, uh, a guy that was you know, hurt all of last year with various type of type of situations. I mean, what's the likelihood that he's going to be able to get another $30 million on the open market over the next two years? Or maybe his best bet is uh, to, to, you know, stick it out here in Las Vegas um, with, with guaranteed money and in a renegotiation and, and help the team be able to go out and close some other, close some other holes. We'll see. Uh, but he's one of a slew of players uh, that the Raiders are going to be keeping an eye on here over these next two weeks to either trade, renegotiate with, or just outright release. Marcus Mariota uh, is another player in that category. He counts $10.7 million uh, on, the, on the salary cap. Uh, what do you do with Marcus Mariota? Can you find a trade market uh, for him? I think that you know, the more quarterbacks start hitting, um, you know, landing elsewhere. Uh, we've already seen Matthew Stafford traded from the Lions to the Rams. We've seen Carson Wentz move from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts. We saw Alex Smith uh, get released from the Washington Football Club. Uh, that opens up a big time uh, opening in in Washington. You kind of presume that Washington is probably going to draft again <laughs> another heir apparent. Um, uh, it seems like they've been continually doing that. Um, it's a revolving door at, at quarterback uh, the last few years. Um, so, so maybe they do draft a young player, but maybe they uh, would like to see a veteran presence uh, in there as a as kind of a, a, a stopgap. And uh, maybe Marcus Mariota fits uh, in Washington uh, for for maybe a low round draft pick, a fifth round pick, with maybe some conditions on it to get a to get 
even higher based on performance. Uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure Marcus Mariota would welcome an opportunity to go someplace where he can actually have a chance to start. Maybe he goes to Washington, and regardless of who they draft, if they do draft a quarterback, you know, Marcus Mariota, chances are, uh, could get the slew of the playing time, the, the majority of the playing time, to reset his market. And maybe he plays well enough where it might not um, work long-term in Washington if they if they have drafted a, a, full, a, a future quarterback. But maybe, you know, um, by playing well, uh, he's auditioned for six or seven other teams that might be looking at him in 2022 and saying, hey, you know what, he played pretty well. This kid can still play. He's young. Uh, he's got experience. Why not? Um, so that would be beneficial to Marcus Mariota, a situation like Washington. So is Washington maybe willing to to work with the Raiders on a, on a deal, uh, which would put a draft pick in the Raiders' pockets and then also um, get out from under the $10.7 million that they owe Marcus Mariota? And again, it's not guaranteed money. So no matter what um, the Raiders decide to do with Mariota, whether it's um, work at a trade, uh, and I'm sure that's the preference, or um, worst case scenario, you have to release them. Uh, there's no penalty. There's no um, uh, cap hit that they're going to um, uh, be hit with if they if they do move on from Marcus Mariota. So that's a, a player to, to keep an eye on. Um, you, uh, on the offensive line, uh, you've got Richie Incognito. That's $5.7 million against the salary cap. Again, not guaranteed. So if the Raiders did part ways with uh, with Richie, um, they get all of that $5.7 back under the cap um, without any kind of a penalty on the on the uh, on the on the salary cap. Question with uh, Richie Incognito is, you know, here's a guy coming off an Achilles tendon injury. Um, he's up there in age. He's 37 years old. Uh, while he, um, I read Vic uh, Tafer's article uh, in the Athletic. It looks like he's Richie is is back to working out. That's a good sign, you know. But do you want to take a chance if you're the Raiders on bringing that uh, bringing him back, um, given the injury that, that that he sustained last year? Maybe your bet best bet is to either bring back Denzel Good or maybe John Simpson, um, the rookie from Clemson last year, is ready to rock and roll as a starter, and so you have a cheaper. Um, you know, plan in place uh, to replace Richie Incognito and can more comfortably uh, walk away from him. Uh, that's five point seven million dollars. On the other side of the football, you know, Lamarcus Joyner um, is is the biggie. Uh, he's owed eleven million dollars. Uh, if they cut him, the Raiders would be uh, they would be assessed. I think it was two point five million dollars uh, in a cap hit. But that's you know you, you're you're willing uh, to to take that hit to get out from about $8.5 million from his contract. So it adds up is what I'm saying. You get, you know, you, you, you work either um, the restructuring or the trades or the outright release of the players that I just mentioned, along with Terrell Williams, who they've already officially uh, released. Now all of a sudden you're looking at the potential of about $30 million under the salary cap, which would be more than enough uh, to go out and, um, and, and work – uh, the, the free agent market in order to to get better. And, and really what we're talking about when we're talking about getting better for the Raiders is to get better on defense. We want your thoughts. Uh, give us a call, 702-365-9200, uh, on, on what your you know uh, blueprint is for free agency, on what you'd like to see the Raiders do uh, in the draft. We're going to be talking to Greg Rosenthal uh, from the NFL.com a little bit later. He put out a great story today 
on NFL.com listing the top uh, 100 or so free agents on the open market. Um, and I thought it was really interesting, uh, some of the names that, that he has on there and some of the names that can really potentially, uh, you know, help the Raiders. Um, uh, we're talking about defense here, uh, of course, and there's John Johnson, the safety from Aaron Jones, uh, from the, um, Excuse me, Aaron Jones. John Johnson from the Rams. Uh, if if I were calling the shots, John Johnson would be the first safety that I would take a look at. I think he fits perfectly with what um, the Raiders are doing, with what Gus Bradley is doing at free safety. Um, I think he would be the quarterback of that defense. I think he'd be uh, exactly what a young uh, secondary in Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen and John jo- or, uh, Jonathan Abram. Uh, could learn from and benefit from, um, but also, you know, the defensive line as as well. Um, you know, I, there's some there's there's Yannick Ngagwe uh, is a name. Uh, Bud Dupree from the Pittsburgh Steelers is a name to keep an eye on. Um, Tomlinson, the uh, the tackle, the big defensive tackle from the New York Giants, is somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, there's there's Trey Hendrickson, a very intriguing player. Trey Trey Hendrickson. From the New Orleans Saints, um, former third-round pick, uh, I think from Central Florida, has gotten better every single year. Was really a difference maker last year uh, as a rush end, and I think that does he have some issues against the run in the run game? Yeah, you're not going to get there. There's very few perfect players, uh, but the guy can flat out rush the passer, and he showed that last year. And I think opposite uh, Clay Clay Farrell, um, I think that he would be a perfect fit. Uh, in this Raiders defense. And, you know, would it mean Max Crosby potentially move into a bench role? It might, yeah. Uh, But maybe that's the role that Max Crosby is going to be better suited at, Uh, a guy that can come off the bench in in known passing situations and just really get after it, um, you know, uh, in the the pass rush um, as a guy that you could use in multiple different ways. And um, so I think that, uh, you know, adding to the defensive line, you know, it doesn't mean that a guy like Max Crosby is going to be out of a job. It might actually uh, benefit him and make him a better football player in the role that he would be playing. So there's, there's, you know, we're going to talk to Greg Rosenthal about that, uh, about the list that he put out and, and how it plays with the Raiders, like who the Raiders should really be looking at right now. I mentioned uh, those guys, Bud Dupree, Yannick Ngagwe, um, uh, Tomlinson, Dalvin uh, Tomlinson from the New York Giants, Trey Hendrickson uh, from the New Orleans Saints, John Johnson uh, from the Los Angeles Rams as a free safety, Anthony Harris from the Minnesota Vikings as a as a uh, as a free safety. I like Anthony Harris. I just don't like how his numbers really took a dip uh, this past season after a couple of years where he was really really good. Um, I think I think obviously he'd be an upgrade uh, with his ability to make. To make plays, to cause uh, turnovers, the Raiders can really, really use somebody uh, that can cause turnovers, um, interceptions, tip balls, uh, getting the ball back to the offense as quickly as possible. I just, I feel like his play declined a little bit, whereas John Johnson has been steady as she goes for a while now, and I think still has potential. I still think has a ceiling and just fits so well with what's, what Gus Bradley is 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 doing um so let's talk about that i want your blueprint um we can talk about the draft 
Uh, there's a lot of good defensive players in the draft, and I think where the Raiders are drafting at number 17, uh, because of the offensive uh, heavy uh, emphasis on offense earlier in the draft, I think that there's a good chance that at number 17, a day one starter uh, could be there uh, for the Raiders on the defensive side of the ball. So let's get your thoughts on that. Uh, you're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador. We'll talk to you on the other side. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. All right, all right, all right. We're going to go right back out to, not right back, this is the first caller of the day of, of many, I'm sure, because uh, Raider fans are always uh, fired up. Uh, but back to the Raider Nation listener line, because Ryan wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Ryan? Hey, guys. How you doing? Absolutely good. Uh, what do you guys think about bringing in a guy like Marcus Williams in a corner like uh, Mike Hilton? I didn't hear the corner's name. Mike Hilton for Pittsburgh? The nickel? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that um, it'll be interesting. This, I, I like your Marcus Williams. Uh, we're headed with Marcus Williams. Uh, there is such a strong um, free agent class uh, at the free safety position, and I think that's going to help uh, the Raiders because, you know, when you have a glut of players uh, at the same position, um, you know, generally speaking, it's the ball is more in the uh, buyer's uh, hands than the uh, than the seller's hands. So um, the Raiders will have options at free safety. Marcus William, if he hits the open market, as I suspect he would, um, will will definitely be uh, somebody that they're going to be interested in. John Johnson, we've mentioned him. Marcus May from the New York Jets, perhaps Justin Simmons, uh, although I think it's dubious that he hits the open market. Anthony Harris from the Minnesota Vikings. These are names uh, at free safety uh, to keep an eye on. That that. Um, Slot cornerback position, nickel cornerback position, is interesting to me. Um, you know, I think Lamarcus Joyner obviously has uh, manned that position the last two years. Kind of confusing to me, to be honest with you. Um, when he was with the Rams, uh, he played cornerback and not very well. Uh, but then Wade Phillips comes in and moves him to free safety. Uh, and the next thing you know, he was grading out as one of the better uh, free safeties in the NFL. So, um, you know. Uh, the Raiders signed him. I assumed that he was going to play safety, but uh, almost the minute that he got here, um, they utilized him at slot cornerback. And unfortunately, that's not in his best position. Uh, and it showed. Um, and so, uh, you know, he hasn't played well. He hasn't. He's been the he's he's been the best option, uh, unfortunately. And um, as a result, he's kind, he was kind of uh, you know uh, forced to play that position uh, and out of position, and certainly not his strongest position. Um, and that was reflected in, in the level of play he produced. And an $11.5 million or so that, he, that, they're, that he's uh, due next year, uh, that's just too much money uh, for that kind of production. So what do you do with LaMarcus Joyner? Uh, obviously, they'll probably try to uh, work a trade out for him. But between you know, um, how deep that free agent market is uh, at free safety and the contract that he's owed... Uh, I just don't. It's it'll be hard to 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 see a market emerging for Lamarcus Joyner. So uh, chances are, 
you're going to have to cut them if, if you're in cost-cutting uh, mode in order to create some salary cap space. And if you cut them, then you open up uh, a hole at slot cornerback. And while Marcus uh, or LaMarcus didn't play the position all that well, um, he was the best that they had. So either way, you're going to have to replace him. Whether um, And the goal, obviously, is to get better. Uh, that would be the reason why you do that. Um, it, but there's no guarantee. And my question is, all right, if you do release LaMarcus Joyner, which I think is actually going to happen, who replaces him? Um, Amik Robertson uh, would, would immediately jump in as uh, perhaps the favorite to win that job or the next in line at the very least. What do we know about Amik Robertson right now? Uh, not much, unfortunately. You know, Amik Robertson uh, was a, a, a good... Uh, playmaking outside cornerback at Louisiana Tech. And I, I tell people all the time, go watch the tape of Amik Robertson uh, as a cornerback at Louisiana Tech, especially watch him against SEC teams um, where he had some really big games against some real good competition uh, in the SEC. Uh, but he comes to the Raiders, and the plan all along, uh, at his size, he's about 5'9", 5'10", actually more 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 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 let's put it that way. Um, that just profiles in the NFL as a slot cornerback. So uh, he was moving from outside cornerback to slot cornerback, and that's a big adjustment. Uh, it just is. that You're looking at the game from a different vantage point, from different angles, from different levels at slot cornerback, plus uh, you're generally going to have more run um, uh, responsibilities because you have to. There, there's run fits that you're in charge of, um, especially on those sweeps to the outside where you're coming up and filling the hole. And um, it's just a different world at slot cornerback uh, compared to outside cornerback. Not to say that he can't do it or won't do it. It's just that in one year, uh, making that kind of a position switch, going from college to the NFL, and in a season where there wasn't an off season, there was no you know OTAs or rookie mini camps or mini camps or anything like that, and a very condensed training camp, um, you know it just really put a meek behind the eight ball as far as making that position switch. The same was the case with Tanner Muse, uh, going from uh, you know uh, uh, safety in the in 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 at Clemson uh, to linebacker in the NFL and. Uh, on top of that, he also got uh, got injured uh, with a foot injury. Um, so we'll see where where uh, you know Tanner Muse is in the transition, going from safety at Clemson to linebacker uh, in the NFL. If the foot is okay, if the toe is okay, uh, then there's a good there's a good reason good reason to believe that that Tanner Muse can be at least a special teams player next year. But between he and Amik Robertson, a lot uh, to bite off. Um, uh, making a massive position changes without the benefit of the uh, of an offseason. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in Greg Rosenthal uh, from uh, NFL.com. And Greg uh, wrote a great piece today. Uh, I love this time of year because I love types of uh, stories like this. Uh, he put out a list of the top you know, uh, uh, free agents that are going to be available, presumably, uh, in a couple of weeks. There is the franchise tag to keep an eye on and you know, players renegotiating new contracts with their current teams. So uh, some of the names may not actually hit the open market, but a lot of them will. And Greg is all over it. And first of all, Greg, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing really good. Doing really good. Uh, love the list. And uh, obviously, this is a Raider-centric uh, uh, show, so I want to get into it um, 
you know, from their from their perspective. Uh, but before we do, um, it seems to me when I look at the list and I look at just the overall, um, you know, pending free agents, it seems like a fairly deep class uh, this year, and uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Am I accurate uh, in, in saying that? Yeah, I think that's right. I think like the top end maybe isn't as exciting as normal, assuming you know a lot of these guys get tagged that I expect. But you're right. As I was going through the list, like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, like if you need a pass rusher, if you need a cornerback or safety especially, uh, I think those three positions, like it won't all be top end. You have to pay $15 million to get some quality snaps. I think there'll be guys throughout free agency that you can get on, on uh, good deals. Well, and on, 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 we're going to get to the list that, that, uh, that, that you put out, but on top of that, because of the salary cap situation this year, uh, with it going down for the first time in, in decades, um, rather than up like it normally does, um, you know, and I'm sure you're hearing the same thing. There's going to be a lot of uh, casualties, cap casualties, over these next couple of weeks as team, teams try to maneuver to get under the salary cap. And we're talking about players that are under contract for next year. Uh, maybe with the you know with, with no guarantees left on their deals or, or you know little guarantees, whatever the case is, teams are going to be trying to get under the salary cap, and that's going to mean uh, a lot of veteran free agents that that we don't know just yet, but are going to hit the open market pretty soon. How does that impact uh, this free agent class? Would you say? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think the, the, this list, for instance, is going to change a lot because uh, good players are going to get cut and added to it, like Alex Smith. You know. Uh, although I don't even know, he'll be at the very back end of the list. He's a guy that we heard is going to get cut today. It, it, we're kind of in the great unknown, and I think you know there's some people around the league that believe there's going to be all these cuts. I tend to believe this the same rule I, I have in most off seasons, which is that basically if if a team wants to keep a guy, they'll find a way to keep a guy. If you're getting cut, it's it's for not really your salary; it's more for performance because you know the the magic that these organizations can do with you know making salary cap um, flexibility stretch the, what the Rams have done what the Saints do year after year if you're willing to pay some upfront cash and push some some payments into the future like teams can always find a way to keep the guys that they really want yeah no question about it uh, talking to Greg Rosenthal, Rosenthal from uh, NFL.com and he has a great uh, look at uh, the top 101 not 100 not 99 but 101 top free agents this year uh, and he ranked them uh, one through 101 uh, there's a couple of guys I want to get to uh, really quickly uh, very intriguing uh, names and I think the Raiders uh, are, are at the very least going to kick the tires uh, on, on both of these players um, uh, one is Bud Dupree uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers and the other is Trey Hendrickson uh, from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, ironically, they're ranked number 12 and number 13 uh, in your list, on your list, I should say. Uh, uh, Dupree had a knee injury, uh, an ACL uh, knee injury. Hendrickson uh, was fabulous. Kind of had a breakthrough year this year for the New Orleans Saints. Um, not the strongest against the run, uh, but he can definitely get after uh, um, uh, the quarterback. In either of those two cases, there's some really intriguing um, uh, possibilities about them, but then uh, some red flags, a red flag here and there. Uh, for Bud Dupree, where do you think health-wise uh, he is right now, and how do you think that's going to affect uh, his um, his free agency? Well, he suffered the injury in September. You always feel for guys you know, who, who that happens to, you know, and he was coming off of a franchise tag in which I, I thought he really backed up what had been a breakout season for him. He's really versatile. I think teams will look at him 
and all the things that he does and look at it as a, as a three-year type of deal that you're not bringing in Bud Dupree for one year. And guys just come back from the ACL faster than they used to. You know, it's not like quite like an Achilles. Uh, and he's a guy I think people are going to trust bringing him into the building. Like the floor is very high. That To me, the question of how to sort these guys, him, Hendrickson, I'll throw Carl Lawson in there from the Bengals, Matthew Judon from uh, the Raven in Gakwe, uh, from from the Ravens uh, the, this last season, and even Shaq Barrett. These pass rushers, I think every team's going to rank them a little differently. Uh, when I look at the Raiders, I could see them liking Hendrickson. I could see them wanting a big, physical, pure pass rusher who really, when he's played in the NFL, has really looked like a difference maker. Even though he was a, a, a bit of a one-year wonder in terms of this production, he reminds me a little of Shaq Barrett, who, who when he was with the Broncos, when he played, he always made an impact, and that's been the case with Hendrickson. We're talking to Greg Rosenthal. You can follow him at Greg Rosenthal, and that's two G's um, uh, on Greg, uh, at Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com, and he has a, a great piece on NFL.com ranking uh, the soon-to-be, um, we think, uh, free agents, uh, one through uh, 101 Um as far as, you know, you mentioned the free safeties. I've been talking about free safeties a lot. The Raiders have a glaring, glaring need uh, at free safety. And uh, the good news is there's a whole bunch of them um, that, that uh, should hit the market one way uh, or, or the other. How difficult was it um, ranking that group? Uh, and do you think, Justin, what's your gut feeling on Justin Simmons from the Denver Broncos actually hitting the open market? I think he'll get tagged again. I actually think that, that one's kind of a no-brainer to me. I mean, he's like a, a Walter Peyton Man of the Year type guy that fits perfectly in that system. And even though it's a second tag in a row, it's only, thir- only quote-unquote, $13 million, and they actually have to pass me. So I think he's gone. Um, but it was tough to sort the rest of the guy. Marcus May is another guy for the Jets that might get tagged. So it might not be as good a market uh, as you would hope. But that still leaves John Johnson uh, from the Rams. I don't know. I don't know if the Raiders will have some Rams uh, uh, hesitancy after they just kind of struck out with a few former Rams <laughs> joiner and and uh, not probably in love with the first year that they got out of um, out of their linebacker last year too. But Anthony Harris, Marcus Williams, Jaquiski, there's just like a lot of different options available, and it's a position that hasn't gone too um, highly in free agency always. So I think that is a position like Mayock and, and Gruden could find some value if they want it. Well, it's funny you should mention the Rams connection because I covered the Rams uh, for four years before taking over the beat with the Raiders here with the Las Vegas Review Journal. And uh, I've gotten a lot of tweets like that, Vinny, no more Rams players, please. But I contend that maybe those Rams players just weren't used <laughs> and utilized correctly uh, by the previous defensive regime. Uh, I think with Gus Bradley and the staff. I thought going to be a great – yeah, I thought Littleton was going to be a great pickup. That is one that I totally missed. And I had him really high last year, and I thought that was perfect for what they needed, him and Krakowski. And uh, it ended up being Krakowski, I guess, just from what I saw, that seemed to, to have the better season than those two. Yeah, exactly, and I think the hope is, um, you know, with Gus Bradley uh, coming in and, um, you know, w- with what he's going to bring to the table, and he's brought in Richard Smith, the, the linebacker coach from the Chargers, along with him, uh, that they they feel like Corey Littleton uh, could get back on track, and if that's the case, it's almost like getting a free a- new free agent signing this year, because the Corey Littleton that I saw last year was not the Corey Littleton that I'd seen the, the previous two years. Something was wrong. I don't think he forgot how to play football. So it'll be really interesting to see if he can get back on track because if he does, that's pretty much a game changer um, for, for the Raiders. But 
I do like John Johnson. I think he would be a fit here uh, with the Raiders. If you could talk a little bit about what he brings to the table uh, and maybe talk some Raider fans off the ledge uh, <laughs> if they're worried about another Ram coming here in free agency. <laughs> oh, I, I like John Johnson a lot. I mean, he's just a smart dude. He's the type of guy, maybe a little bit like a, a Devin McCourty type, who maybe you don't notice him play after play, but you talk to people on the team, um, can understand what the opposing quarterback's trying to do. Is that back-end uh, player that, that you want at, at deep safety in, in 2020? Um, and I think can kind of be a, a leader, really, in your secondary. And, and to me, you know, that, that Raiders secondary, it, it cries out for it. Someone who can get everyone lined up, you know, does, does the little things and, and has plenty of athleticism and definitely is coming off a, a playmaking year, uh, which should get him paid. I, I think he'll wind up being close to the top of the, of the safety market of the guys that get out there. Uh, at number 34, one spot ahead of John Johnson, uh, another player that's really uh, caught my eye in, in doing uh, some, some film work on uh, you know, free agents to be, and that's Dalvin Tomlinson. Uh, and he does play a position of need for the Raiders. They, they really need somebody to, to be able to play the interior uh, of the defensive line. Uh, and be somebody, you know, he, I know that, Drew, uh, that that Tomlinson isn't the best pass rusher, but something that's going to occupy blocks, uh, free up linebackers to make plays, and just kind of uh, shore up uh, the interior of that defensive line. What's your take on, on Dalvin Tomlinson and maybe his fit with the Raiders? Yeah, he's a, he's a rock-solid starter. I mean, you want to improve your run defense and uh, play gap sort of assignment football, too, and, and, and be okay in the pass rush. Not, not a guy like you have to take off the field half the time. He, he's been really good. And he, he's the type of guy, you know, I love looking at just what they've done each year. I think we tend to, like, rank these guys or pay them off of last year. But he's a guy that's played 700 to 850 snaps every year, been rock-solid every year. He's the type of guy that makes it to free agency and probably gets overpaid. That's just how it how it is in free agency because he's somewhere between a, a better than average starter and a Pro Bowler. You know, he, he's he's not going to make the Pro Bowl for you. So suddenly, if some team gives him twenty million a year, then then they get disappointed. But it's just it's fine to it's hard to find guys that reliable, consistent, and uh, and you're right, he does kind of make sense for what what the Raiders need. Uh, you can follow Greg at Greg Rosenthal. Uh, he writes for NFL.com, always does a great job, and I always enjoy these lists uh, that come out um, every every year. Uh, Non-Raider related, although it kind of has a little bit of a, uh, a connection to the Raiders, and that's the quarterback uh, market. And um, there's a bunch of quarterbacks um, that, that are – presumably going to be you know on this open market and uh first obviously you know you've got Deshaun Watson situation who knows what to make of the Russell Wilson situation Alex Smith just got released uh, there's been quarterback movement uh, already uh this this offseason what do you make of the of the quarterback uh position in free agency and also maybe how it relates to somebody like a Marcus Mariota who I mean it's almost 99% that he's not going to be here with the Raiders I think they want to work a trade out for him uh, but that's dependent on a market being out there for him. And with so many other quarterbacks out there, um, that challenges a market growing for, for, for Marcus. Uh, wh- wh- your feelings on just the quarterback uh, position in general in free agency and then how it might relate to what might happen with a Marcus Mariota? Yeah, it's, it's an abundance 
you know, and and I know there's a lot of fans out there that would probably want to disagree. It's like, oh well, Jameis Winston or Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton and Dalton and Jacoby Brissett, and then you throw in the guys like like Mariota who, who could probably be available for, for relatively cheap. And you think, well, I you know I don't want those guys being my week one starter. But I look, I've done these free agency lists before, and there, there's not usually this many guys who could go in there and they're not going to lose you the season right off the bat like we saw with, with some teams. I, I just think there's not many teams looking. I mean, you, you said it. Um, you know, I know there's been some connection between Mariota and, and the Patriots. Would that be a team that, that is interested in him? And, and I've heard some of that, but it, it's like if you're the Patriots, there's all these other guys out there that you're not going to have to give up a pick for. And to me, they're, you know, they're pretty good options, at least for the type of players that are usually available in free agency and usually, um, would, would cost more than you would want to pay. And because there's so many of these guys, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that they'll have to pay that much. And man, like the, Ra- the Raiders are a good example, but there's plenty. Backup quarterbacks, I, I think are, are just worth so much. Uh, and I was a little surprised last year when the guys like Dalton and Winston, kind of fell through the bottom of that market. It just doesn't make sense to me when, when you have teams like Denver and other teams who's in Dallas and the seasons basically were over the second they lost their starting quarterback. I, I think there's plenty of options this year. And unless the Raiders are ready to, because of that contract, basically give Mariota away. I mean, I, and I mean it like a sixth round uh, pick or, or something like that. And I'm, I'm not sure they're going to be able to get much for him. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, last question. Uh, just a couple of uh, predictions. Uh, where do you believe Jadavian Clowney uh, ends up? Uh, where do you think Ooh. Juju Sh- Smith-Schuster ends up? Uh, and does um, Trent, uh, Trent uh, Williams, um, the defensive uh, uh, or the offensive tackle from the Baltimore Ravens, what, what do you feel happens with him? Well, first, I, I think Trent Williams might be the highest paid uh, tackle in the league, even passing Laramie Tunsil. Um, he's hitting free. He is going to, I think, I almost feel confident saying he'll be the highest paid, um, you know, free agent in this class. And I could see Indianapolis going hard after him. There, there's a number of teams that, that could certainly use him, but they're one that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think Clowney and the Patriots um, could could make some sense. They have so much cap space. They they need a position like that so bad. I actually think it fits into what they do, uh, which is not too surprising considering he played for Mike Brable the last few. And he's kind of at the point of their career where he's taken a couple hits that the Patriots usually uh, start pouncing. And then you and then you think of Juju and man, the wide receiver market is, is going to be fascinating. I think Jacksonville is going to spend crazy money. Uh, I think that could be uh, a possibility for Juju Smith-Schuster because ultimately it's going to come down uh, to money for him. Uh, he, he's a solid number two wide receiver. I think the New York Giants are another team I've heard might spend at wide receiver. They definitely need weapons. Uh, they're going to have to clear up some calf space, and they might have to say goodbye to the guys you mentioned, like Dalvin Thompson, but he's another team I keep an eye on. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, thanks so much uh, for spending uh, some time with us in the huddle. By the way, uh, as it relates to Trent Williams, uh, you hate to see injury um, happen to anybody, but that he got his opportunity, right, to play left tackle uh, due to an injury. Um, does he have this kind of a market if that injury didn't happen uh, uh, to, the, to the incumbent left tackle with the Baltimore Ravens? 
Oh, uh, for Trent Williams. Well, Trent Trent Williams on uh, the 49ers. Who, who are who am I? No, thinking? no, no. I'm tar- I, I was, my bad. Uh, my bad. Uh, I was thinking about somebody else. That was that was my mistake. I was reading that name uh, incorrectly. Uh, but you don't think that he ends up back with the uh, with the 49ers? I I I think it's possible because I think they know how valuable he was. I mean, he's a freak. He's he he might be a future Hall of Famer um, if you really look at what he's done in his career. And yes, there's like an injury risk for sure. Um, there hasn't, but he's coming off a year where he played the whole year and he looked like a top three or four tackle. And you think, okay, he's 32, 33 years old, but some of these guys like Whitworth, who you covered, and yes. Jason Peters in Philadelphia, you know, if you're that athletic, and man, Trent Williams is athletic, like these guys can play for a while, so I think he'll get paid. Uh, and yeah, I think the 49ers, from what I've heard, will be aggressive trying to keep him. All right. Well, hey, uh, Greg, thanks so much for spending some time with us at the huddle. We will talk to you down the road. Thanks, Vinny. That was Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com uh, shedding some insight on uh, the free agency market, which is about ready to uh, hit the, the starting gates. I mean, the, 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 it's, it's like basically here. Uh, we're two weeks away from, uh, from free agency, really, really starting to get interesting. I can't wait. I think this is going to be a fascinating free agency class. Obviously, the Raiders, uh, they have to make some moves to get under the salary cap. I believe they will, and I believe they'll be aggressive, and I think you're going to see a couple of big-time uh, defensive players and additions um, on this roster here before you know it. And I think, as, as Greg and I were talking about, if you could get Corey Littleton correct, uh, and there's no reason to think that he can't be. Uh, he's too good of a player uh, to be the player that we saw last year. Uh, if he could get be- closer to the Rams version of Greg Williams under, or excuse me, um, of Corey Littleton under uh, Gus Bradley, the new defensive coordinator, that's like getting a new free agent this year because he was nothing like that player last year. I don't know what happened. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, uh, he could have been asked, maybe he was being asked to do things that he wasn't, you know, capable of doing or too much on his plate or whatever the case was. He just wasn't the same player. Um, and I think that he can get back to being that player. And if, if that's the case, that's a, oh, that's like a new free agent signing uh, right there. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, thanks to Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com. Uh, always uh, a, a great chance to talk about uh, interesting things that are going on in the NFL. And right now, um, without a doubt, that's pending free agency. Um, this is going to be a really, really interesting free agency period for a lot of different reasons. Number one, if you're talking specifically about the Raiders, I think they've done an excellent job of narrowing down their list of needs. Um, this time last year, who was going to play wide receiver uh, for the Raiders? Um, you know, Terrell Williams was coming off an injury, and Hunter Renfro uh, had had a nice finish to his rookie year. Um, but that was basically about it. <laughs> let's 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 be honest about the whole situation. Uh, a year later, you've got Henry Ruggs, uh, and I don't know if you've been uh, able to look at some of the uh, social media posts, uh, but Henry Ruggs is uh, getting after it in a major way. Uh, you've got Brian Edwards, who I think the Raiders have a lot of hope for. 
um, as uh, a draft pick last year uh, out of South Carolina, who they believe has a, a bright future, and I agree with that. Um, and then you also have um, uh, Nelson Aguilar, uh, who is a pending free agency. I do think that the Raiders will get it done with Nelson Aguilar. Um, so all of a sudden, in the in the uh, in a matter of a year, <clears throat> the Raiders have completely turned over their wide receiver room, uh, and the next thing you know, they've got a pretty strong group of wide receivers and young wide receivers with a lot of potential uh, and game-changing ability. Um, so I think that they've been able to really get the offensive side of the ball taken care of. You've got Josh Jacobs um, as a uh, bonafide 1,000-yard perennial now, two years in a row, uh, rusher. You've got Alec Ingold, <clears throat> who I think uh, plays a big role uh, for this Raiders team. Uh, you've got a good offensive line. You got to figure out what you got to do. What you're going to do with Trent Brown um, and and uh, Richie Incognito. Um, but I think that um, you know, be, one way or another, I think the Raiders have a pretty decent plan going uh, in at, for the offensive line. Obviously, uh, you've got Darren Waller, one of the premier tight ends in the NFL. You've got Derek Carr coming off the best year of his career. Uh, so. Um, I, I, the needs, the big needs are on defense, and it's not like the Raiders have been wasting their time uh, defensively. Uh, they have invested high draft picks in players that have still bright futures uh, and ceilings, uh, and I think if utilized correctly, uh, will be part of the answer uh, moving forward. Uh, but let's face it, they need reinforcements. They need some uh, to get some work done in free agency and the draft, and that's why this is such an intriguing free agency period for the Raiders to see exactly what they do on that defensive side of the ball uh, to get better. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador.